podcast now this is the second installment which is a piggyback off the follow-up podcast featuring Zach with a K and myself this one will cover social topics a few top news stories this is a little bit more serious so to speak um, we're gonna dig in deep to personal experiences personal situations we're gonna try to you know cover a lot of a lot of today. situations in a short period of time and uh, the, today is just a pilot episode for it um, it will improve on where I want to go with the direction of the show I've been prepping for this show for maybe maybe three months now including doing the follow-up podcast and so make sure everybody tunes into the follow-up podcast uh, it's been doing good right now so far you know from where I started with it you know so we're going to continue to grow that one as well but I feel confident enough in myself where I can put out another podcast slightly different than the other one by myself and uh, still produce the same numbers if not more depending on the variations of my audience so to everyone who's been listening to the follow-up podcast I appreciate it I appreciate the support I appreciate everybody that's taking time out to grow with me and uh, even listen to what we're talking about. I mean, first episode was 50 minutes, second one was about an hour and 15, third one, hour 20. We're trying to cut it down to about 55 to an hour. We don't want to take up too much people's, of people's time, but uh, I do appreciate the direction that we're going in and the response that I'm getting from local people and, uh, and across the world. That's a great feeling to know people are listening and knowing that my voice is mattering to so many people at this stage of what I'm trying to do with this podcast. So, all right, man, we're going to get into uh, Drake versus Meek Mills. That was buzzing on Twitter the last few days. A lot of people have certain takes on it. To me, man, uh, it's, it's, it's complex, you know what I'm saying? Um, Meek, if, for those of you who don't know, Meek Mills had a load of tweets Stating that, uh, you know, Drake has ghostwriters pretty much. He didn't even write his his, his verse on Rico. And uh, Drake, you know, he's the kind of guy, he doesn't really respond on social media. His manager responded for him, but um, Drake has yet to respond to it. But um, I feel like it's a lot of people that uh, have ghostwriters nowadays. And um, I think it's, uh, it's one of those things, man, where in rap, it's a problem. Because the fans are looking for authentic music. Because what you rapping, you know, you influencing the kids to in your music. You're just influencing people in general. They ain't even got to be kids. And uh, someone else is writing a whole song for your hook. It may it may tamper with your legacy pretty much per se. Um, I know Kanye West is a guy who has had credited 
ghostwriters on some of his songs and his, his albums and stuff, but he credits them, so they may give him a line here, a bar here, something like that. But when you get a full song done, like um, Ten Bands, which is the song that supposedly, allegedly, that Drake got from some Quentin dude, I can't remember his full name, but uh, uh, I guess he's in Drake's camp. He's been credited a lot on executive producer, I guess something like that, with a lot of Drake's music. But I guess he, um, uh, Flunk Flex, Flunk Master Flex, um, played a full song from this guy, man. And it was the exact Drake 10 band song with a couple words switched from Drake. You know, he switched a couple words. But if that's the case, man, you can't say Drake's the greatest with that situation. Because if we had guys like Jay Z and Nas and Rod Kim and Eminem coming out and they was. And they had ghostwriters. We would look at those guys different, man. Jay-Z had ghostwriters and he wasn't writing his own rhymes. I may cry. You know, that's my favorite rapper. That's the GOAT to me. I may cry if that situation goes down like that, honestly. So I think Meek Mill does have a valid point. But I think his um, his actions came from a very immature place. You know, a long time ago, he got personal with Wale because Wale didn't tweet uh, his album release date. You know, Drake didn't tweet this album out that he was on, which is disrespectful. You know, I've had certain situations where I have people on my podcast and they don't, you know, post a picture saying they own it or they don't make a tweet telling their their fans or people to look out Purchase for it. It comes today. with the territory. Some of those things you just got to let go. And uh, I think Meek, he too rich to be worried about Drake tweeting out his album. You know, the album sold over, over 200,000. It was a success. It was the number one album. He's the hottest rapper out right now. So, I mean, I think it, it wouldn't have changed anything. He wouldn't have got hotter with Drake tweeting it, or he wouldn't have been colder if Drake didn't tweet it. But um, his point is valid. It comes from a, a real place, so I can't knock it. And I'm just very interested to see what Drake does next. I, I think, personally, he's going to come out with some heat. He's going he gonna to have a song that's another banger, but this going to be rapping he's not singing on this but i mean whoever sing whoever writing these love songs he's doing for the ladies and these love hits that he's been making they need to come out with their own shit their own face because uh they'll be getting paid they'll be the hottest out if they write if someone's writing all drake music that person who's writing his shit everyone needs to go to you know what i'm saying and i seen um OG Macko has said something about it. He one of the dudes, man, that just don't know when to shut the fuck up. Like, I don't, this nigga be talking about music. Like, he know everything. He don't really know shit. Like, you got to get your career, OG Macko, or Mako, whatever the fuck your name is. You got to get your career to a point where you can speak on certain shit. Because you right now at the beginning, you ain't got no fucking album out. You had Bitch, You Guessed It. It ain't go gold, it ain't go diamond, it wasn't like it was a hit, nigga, it was alright. It had a couple months where it rang, but nigga, you got a long way to go before you can just start speaking on Beyonce and Jay-Z and talking about future music, how he influences the drug culture, that shit ain't cool. Like, you know what I mean, rappers influence the drug culture, but you just gonna target future? Purchase your tracks that didn't make today. any sense. I know he, he Future had an album coming out, so of course you want your name in the press. But all your gimmicks and shit, you, you commenting on other people's music. I personally feel like you can't, in your profession, if you a basketball player, 
you shouldn't be able, you shouldn't comment on other basketball players. Not saying you gotta hold your tongue and be fake, but it's just an unspoken rule that you just don't do. You just gotta let it go, man, and worry about yourself and your game. As far as me with podcasting, I'm never gonna critique another podcaster because I gotta worry about my podcast. I gotta worry about what I'm doing. And you, for rappers, it's the same thing. It goes, it goes 365. It don't, it don't play none of them games with it. Everybody got to stay in tune with what they doing. And you could critique other things because you're an outsider. Outside looking in. But next up, man, this is kind of funny, but it's, it's engaged in a huge conversation across the sports world. Uh, it was the Shaq and Scottie Pippen arguments on Instagram they was going through where Shaq had a team. I'm finna pull it up right now, man. This is actually interesting. If you're a basketball fan, this is a conversation I haven't even thought about having. Uh, Shaq had Magic Johnson, Kobe Bryant, Elgin Baylor, himself, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar versus Derrick Rose, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, and Horace Grant. Shaq said they'll win by 50. Me personally, I think they win by 50. I mean, but when you the basically the the moral standpoint of the situation is uh, if you take any franchise and take their top five all-time greats versus any other franchise's top five all-greats, who would win? So, like, I don't. I personally feel Shaq wouldn't be on this team if you want to add Wilt. But then again, you can add Wilt to the to the uh, to the Golden State Warriors because he played for the Warriors. You can add Wilt to the 76ers because he played for the 76ers. Um, my personal thing is I, L.A. can have six teams damn near. I mean, it's tough, you know. Jerry West doesn't make this list. That's a tough one. You know, if you got Wilt on here, Shaq doesn't make the list. So you never know what can happen with that team. Um, but, um, you know, I looked at the, uh, the Knicks with the Knicks, you know. They get uh, they have a nice little team as well with it. Uh, Philly can have AI, you know, uh, Moses Malone, Charles Barkley, today. Wilt Chamberlain, Julius Irvin. That'd be a squad right there. I'd like to see Philly versus LA more so than Chicago. I know Chicago has Michael Jordan, but Michael Jordan could be a team of of, of an era. Michael Jordan. I don't know if he could be the Hall of Fame team with everyone on that team. It's clicking like Derrick Rose, Magic Johnson, Derrick Rose with the athleticism he gets, he does, he does. But overall, the course of the game, Magic just tears him up. Kobe and Jordan, Jordan edges Kobe, and then you know I think Elgin Baylor edges Scottie Pippen. Um, El- Elgin Baylor is was some was tough. I mean, a lot of people don't remember him, but that guy had game. And then if you really want to go with this list, Shaq and Dennis Rodman. Shaq dominates Dennis Rodman. Might not miss a shot. Dennis Rodman can, is tough. He's physical. But he's about 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, Shaq 7'1", 330, you know what I'm saying? And then Kareem with the unstoppable move, he scores 1,000 points on Horace Grant by himself. So, I mean, it's like the, the up front, I mean, Shaq and Kareem, and then their defense, like, Eric Rose isn't coming in that and coming in the paint with those two dudes. He'll be injured and he'll be injured first five minutes of the game. So I mean, if you want to take just Shaq and Kareem alone, I think they can easily score. They can easily score 35 apiece by themselves. And you know, Kobe's gonna get his shots. Kobe's gonna get at least 20. Michael Jordan may go for 40. Scottie Pippen may give you 20. 
Derrick Rose may give you 15. Magic Johnson's going to give you 15 with about 20 assists and 10 boards. So, I mean, and then Elgin Baylor's going to pitch in, you know, anywhere from 15 points to 10 rebounds, to 10 assists to 5 still. Who knows what he's going to give you? He can give you whatever you need. So, I mean, that that does spark up a great conversation between today. those guys. But uh, I got to go with uh, Shaq on that one. Um, you know, Pippen had – Pippen's going to say I want six and all that kind of stuff. But to be honest, man, if you really want to negate the situation – It'll be a great argument, though, and uh, this is just a that's just a, t- a typical conversation you having when ain't nothing to do in the season, pretty much, man. It's off season right now. The summer league's up, so now everybody just chilling, man. Nothing to do. Some of these guys really don't have lives, I guess. So yeah, man. But uh, we got to go to this mid roll real quick, and we are gonna get back with the uh, you know these three. Serious questions we're going to get, but this is the mid-row. This portion of the podcast is brought to you by the Follow-Up Podcast, as this is another branch of Follow-Up. Now, make sure you guys look out for the Follow-Up Podcast, episode 4, 5, and 6. That will be dropping pretty soon. Now, back to the show. All right, man, we are back from the mid-row. I'd like to thank everybody who's been listening this far to the Therapeutic Podcast. And uh, first topic I want to get into a real discussion about is uh, we still believe that uh, you are innocent until proven guilty now uh, me personally I mean we could take away one thing from this Bill Cosby situation I know right now he's guilty you know it's negated uh, he's raped women it's, it's clear now but when this stuff first came out with Hannibal Burris doing a joke on stage even though it's been Stuff in the past, limit up to it, but he, him, Animal Birds, really doing it publicly. Everybody automatically assumed he was a rapist. Just like with it, just social media in general, with Tyga has a situation with the transgender woman, everybody automatically believes it. And uh, I personally feel that social media is a victim. Social media makes everyone out to be that way. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, it's tough. In this day and age, when you know, you know the the jury and, and execution executioner is really social media and the people, you know, before the facts are even in. That's why we have so many wrongful convicted men and women in in our prison systems right now that didn't do that are completely innocent. And then we also have some on the contrary side. We also have some murderers and rapists and child molesters walking the streets or everyday life so I mean it works both ways I guess you can say it's kind of a balance wrongfully but I personally don't feel um, I don't really believe in innocent until proven guilty anymore I believe you're guilty until you can prove your innocence that's the way I look at it nowadays and um, that's pretty much my take on that situation but um, when I heard the first Bill Cosby thing I automatically assumed it was true just because, just because the way it was and the things I've heard based off of it, I, I thought it was true. You know what I'm saying? So I'm a victim. I'm a, a proven victim of that of that system of no matter what the circumstances are, that person automatically did whatever they're being accused of nowadays. And um, to piggyback off that, um, I want to dig into racism a little bit from a 20 year old's point of view. I'm only 20. So I know people who are older who listen to this 
might have a different take on it. But um, I personally believe that racism is, it exists more than ever today than it did then. I believe it was more brutal back then. But that was the Jim Crow era and stuff. Like, racism is different than that. There's segregation. Those are two different things to me personally. Um, I look at racism now as public housing. I look at it as who better candidate for jobs, acting, you know, sports now. So I look at racism and those things. And, uh, of course, we have the police brutality things that's going on that's peak, that's building up race. But, I mean, even with the police brutality, and this is, we get an uproar when a white man kills a black man or a black kid, which is right. Like, we should be an uproar for that. But where are all these people when everyone's getting killed in Chicago? Where are all these people when black-on-black black crime happens every day? Why aren't we affected the same way by that as in white-on-black crime? Because we can't expect the white man to value us if we don't value ourselves. Because we kill each other every day. And it's okay. It's bragged about. You know, people are making records about killing each other. You know what I'm saying? About catching bodies. And I got my stripes catching bodies. That's okay. But when a white man kills a black man, that's wrong. When I personally feel murder in general is wrong. And uh, it's tough to just see our generation go through an uh, era where social media is so powerful. So we get to see a lot of these wrongful deaths that the police are doing, you know, back in the day. Because everything that's happening with police brutality nowadays is the exact same thing that was happening in the day, back in the day. The only difference is now we can see it. The only difference is now people are videotaping it. When back then we really didn't have cameras. That's really the only difference. And um, even with that situation, some cops still aren't getting indicted. Like, take an example for the, uh, the Baltimore situation. And some of those cops are black. But notice how no one's saying anything with that situation about how those are black cops as well. But anyway, those cops are, are still, you know, going through the indictment process. They still got to deal with that. Look at Eric Gardner. The cops that did that to Eric Gardner are, have not been indicted. And that happened several months ago. You know what I'm saying? And you can even go back to the George Zimmerman situation. He's still walking the streets, you know. So, you know, it's justice isn't really being served, I would say, to for the bigger scheme of things. I would like to piggyback with that one. You know what I'm saying? It ain't, it's not really... You know, anything we could do, really. I mean, we just got to value each other. We got to be smart when cops pull us over. Um, you know, if you can, what I would love for us to start doing, man, is just have your license and registration, man. Put that in a plastic bag, man. Just give it to them. Give them the bag. Show them it. You know, have it right and, right and ready. Purchase Windows down, hands today. up. So they don't have a reason to try to kill you. Because now, I mean... I don't know about everybody else, but I know very few, a lot of people, man, who are just scared of the police now. Scared to even contact them. Because you got to fear for your life with a cop now. Because when one cop gets away with murder, that's instilled in every other cop's head. Not saying everybody's just going to go around killing people. 
but if a cop ends up killing somebody, the shield's going to protect them. And that cop can go to the administration like, look, this guy got away with it, so why wouldn't I get away with it for those situations? And one other thing I hate, when when a white man kills a black man, stop putting up this dude to do mugshot. Just because you didn't did some crimes, I don't care if you if you went to prison for selling drugs and you get killed and they put up your mugshot and they read your criminal background history, that doesn't mean you deserve to die. Every time a white man kills a black man, they always go to that. They always go to, well, in 2009, he uh he did he did this 2003 he did this what does that got to do with the day he got killed what does that got to do yes he may have a warrant for his arrest but that does that mean he gets gunned down what's the point of us having tasers why do cops have tasers when they prefer shooting shooting black people it doesn't make sense but then you got the Dylan Roof situation you guys just handcuff him now if you're talking about killing somebody that's a man who deserved to die, and I don't wish death upon anyone. But if you're going to really go to a certain route, that man walked into church, prayed for an hour, and killed nine innocent black people in church. And now, all across South Carolina, it's been churches getting burned down by the KKK or by Confederate flag believers. And, and the Confederate flag, I personally feel it shouldn't be on public buildings. But you can have it at your house. Go ahead and have a flag. So now I know who's racist. I'd rather know who's racist than be going in the dark in that type of situation. And then the, they, y'all lost. Do people who represent the Confederate flag, do y'all not know y'all lost? The North won. The North beat the South. So that's not, y'all having that flag for what? Y'all took an L. Y'all lost to the North. And I'm uh, technically, I'm in, I'm in Illinois, so I'm technically in the Northern States. Y'all took L's to, to the Northern States. So it really doesn't matter, but I'm happy the flag is gone. But I'd rather have, I want people to have it on them. And I want KKK members, I feel like they, should ha they shouldn't be able to wear the hoods anymore because I want to know who's in the KKK. And I look at it because the reason why they're wearing those hoods is because some, most of those KKK members are our neighbors, are the people we, who we see at the supermarkets. Are our police officers, are our mayors, are our governors maybe, who knows, are our city council leaders, those are those people. And if we see those faces, it'll tarnish them. That's why I look at that. KKK, they can act out tough however big and bad they want to be. Y'all got a mask on for a reason because you don't want to want to see your face. I personally feel like you, can, you should be able to see their faces in that type of situation. And that irks me that they get to do that. But... You know, that's just America. I mean, it's the land everybody cherishes, you know. Um, but I just it's just the same that even in 2015, certain white people, you know, look at black people as less than them. When we help build this country, just the same way as Latinos help build this country. People people bash those guys. Donald Trump, stupid ass nigga. Just stupid. He ain't even a nigga, but he just... Fucking, he an asshole. Just dumb. Saying the dumbest shit. This is so disrespectful. He one of those white men who never had to hustle. Who who doesn't know how it feels to come from nothing. And maybe he came from nothing, but he he's over, he's over fifty. He he's had something for years and years to come. So he doesn't know how it is in 2015 
So for him to just bash people, bash Latinos like that, when it's a lot of them here, that was just stupid of him. He's trying to run. He's running for president. He won't win. But, you know, that's another thing. That was stupid. And uh, even since we're talking about political presidency and stuff, I'm curious to see um, how everyone in the black community felt about how Barack handled his his two tenures as president. Um, I personally feel it was uh, so much damage that we had. He really, he couldn't get, he couldn't do what he wanted to do, really, in eight years. He was trying to pick up the pieces from past presidents. I mean, he got, you know, he got, you know, Adam Hussein, I mean, he got the main dude we wanted to kill for years. So, I mean, that's a big plus. So, I feel like he, he put a lot of things in place, but if a Republican wins or some Democrats win, it's going to be all, took him, it's going to be all loosened up, so it's not even going to be what he wanted it to be. But uh, enough with that. Uh, uh, this, we recorded this. Uh, I recorded a couple. Like, what I do with the, I even, I just explain my formula with the follow-up podcast. What I do with the follow-up podcast is, I usually record, I pre-record. I don't record one day and then I put it out the next day. I Because uh, due to timing and people's situations, some people might have to work. And I would always want to have something pre-recorded. So then if I have a guest schedule for the following week and he can't make it, I always have something in the stash to give my listeners. And um, so I usually pre-record maybe two a week, maybe one a week. Uh, for the follow-up podcast, I've already I just released episode four um, a couple of days ago, and um, I've already did five and six. So I'm in. I'm already two up. This is the first episode of the purchase therapeutic podcast. So I haven't recorded anything else. This this drops at midnight, so you you can see the routine with this one. And I discussed Meek Mill's situation. And I recorded that maybe a week ago. As of right now, Meek Mill dropped um, I Wanna Know, which is a... I, I felt like his disc was, was solid, um, but it wasn't what we anticipated because he waited so long. But Charged Up was okay. It was okay for Drake. And he came back with Back to Back, and it was phenomenal. So I'm going to give Meek the benefit of the doubt, and I'm going to wait for his second disc track, and it might be fire. You know, but um, I've, I'm a huge fan of Power 105.1. Um, I, I listen to Hot 97, too, the interviews. I don't really listen to the radio station. I'm at work. But um, Charlamagne the God, the dude I look up to in this industry, he uh, he had some huge, great points on Funkmaster Flex, who is an icon in the radio game. But um, you can't, just like I said, I pre-record my stuff, so if someone's not here, I got something in the stash. You can't say you're going to have something and not have it as he said he was going to have Meek Mill's disc like a day before, two, maybe two days before his disc actually dropped on SoundCloud. But um, that's what I that's what I take from what I'm doing right now is I always want to have stuff premeditated. So it's, it's less stressful to drop stuff. I've already had one podcast with a guy by the name of Brandon Rice. We recorded the entire podcast, me and my co-host, Zach Turner. And 
right at the end as we're plugging our information in, it shuts off. So, you know, that's one of those things where it, it sucked. So we had to redo it and all that good stuff. But shout outs to Zach Turner, shout outs to Dimitri Lavish, shout outs to Maytown Miller, shout outs to Xavier Newsom, shout outs to Blake Rafer, shout outs to Trey Hammond. Um, and shout outs to all my listeners, man, who uh, who continue to rate my rate that podcast. And um, you know, one thing I want y'all to start doing when y'all listen to the podcast, please hit the heart. Don't just listen. I appreciate the listeners all over the world, but please hit the heart. So um, it looks better than just me having plays. I want to have rates because I want to go to iTunes with this. But I can't. Do, I don't feel comfortable doing it. No one's gonna rate it. I need people to rate my stuff. So please hit the heart. Please share it. Um, it's this therapeutic episode. I want to get to ten thousand with this very first one. I want to get that in, in at least five days, maybe less. But that's my goal with this. And uh, my follow-up ones are taking off in a way. The first one got about three thousand or something. All the other ones got over fourteen hundred. And. Um, it's people here in Peoria, where I'm from, who could post songs, you know, and get 6,000, 7,000. That's great. But when I, if I can get six, 7,000 doing a podcast where I'm just using my voice, not a three, four-minute song, people are listening to full-blown conversations, that would be even better. So please uh, keep listening. Keep supporting what I'm trying to do with this. And... Uh, last topic I'm going to discuss on this podcast is I want to discuss um, how drugs can uh, can affect the household. Um, and I'm speaking from personal experiences. Um, my father has been in my life every day since birth. My grandmother has been in my life every day since birth. So has my aunt and um, a sort of other guy, other people. But um, my mother's been in and out of my life for pretty much the entire entirety of my life um, due to the drugs, drug addiction. And um, I, I don't respect drug dealers at all. Um, I understand that you got to feed your family and stuff, so I'm not knocking your hustle. But I'm speaking, I'm being selfish. I'm speaking from my perspective. I've seen how it has broken up a home. I've seen how it has affected me personally dealing with how much I hated my mom and hatred and anger I had for so many years and how it made my brother sad my brother was a mama's boy and uh, she's fighting it now you know what I'm saying keeping it there but uh, for the most part uh, I don't think it's cool uh, I ain't talking about weed I'm talking about crack cocaine I'm talking about serious drugs serious time I ain't talking about that lightweight but um seen how it affects people and I don't even respect you know people talk brag about it brag about saying they was doing this that and the third if any of my homies said they doing that they excluded from my circle I don't even it ain't no conversation about it but um I just want to speak on my voice because I know it's, it's people out there in the world that uh did deal with it as well that a lot of people look at it like um a lot of people grew up without a dad you know what I'm saying and I was fortunate enough to have my pops in my life forever. And he's still there now, you know, I got his name, you know what I'm saying? Um, I grew up without a mom for a lot, for a lot of years. And uh, it's a different, it's a different type of feeling when you don't have that. 
that support system. I was grateful enough to have a steady support system the entire time. Um, I was growing up, I'm 20 years old now, and I had a support system with my grandmother being around. You know, my dad was working third shift, second shift, whatever he was doing to make ends meet for me and my little brother. You know, I had to grow up fast as a kid. So um, I can see where it can go wrong at, but I ain't gonna do, I'm not gonna dwell on, I ain't gonna end this on a, on a drama, a theoretical note, but um, I just want to touch on that. And uh, if anybody, you know, going through the same thing, just email me at josecorey at yahoo.com and I'll give you advice on how to handle those type of situations and uh, how I've been through it. And um, that's a tough one. But um, other than that, man, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. But I want to give uh, a couple of shout outs to a few people. Uh, Trey Hammy, our local rapper, very talented, very dope. Uh, he just released a video called Dear God. Hold on. Let me, I got to make sure that was right. I want to make sure I shout out. I want to make sure my shout outs is correct. I want to shout out Dimitri Lavish. I'm going to go back to Trey. Make sure that title's right. Shout outs to Trey Hamilton. I'm going to get him in a minute. Uh, shout outs to Dimitri Lavish. With uh, a song called Outcome. It's on his SoundCloud. Just type in Dimitri Lavish. It's a, it's a dope song. You know, he got a lot of um, backing behind it right now. Trying to push it. Um, I think it's almost at uh, 10K. It's not at 10K yet. But it's getting there. So, um, if y'all can, man, go go check that out. It's a, it's a nice song. Also, I want to give uh, a shout-out to Maytown, who uh, dropped his very first debut single called I Got It. It's on his SoundCloud. Just type in Maytown, M-A-Y-T-O-W-N, Miller. Uh, it's a dope. Shout-outs to the uh, whole entire PVO movement as well with that track. Um, I want shout-outs to... Um, damn, I'm trying. To, I'm I'm really trying to find Trace. Damn. Yeah, shout out to Trey Hamilton, aka Trey Hammy. Um, his new video called "Dear God." Go type that in. Trey Hammy is T T R E Y Hammy H A M M Y, and Dear God. Y'all should know how to spell that. Dope video. He got another video out also called um, "I've Been Fly." It's some dope. He um. Putting out some good music. Shoutouts to all the 309 rappers, really. Um, Shoutouts to Savage and Montana 300. They making big time moves as well. Shoutouts to Xavier Newsom, who's, who's trying to make basketball his occupation. Shoutouts to a guy by the name of Caleb McConnell, finna go off to college for football. And um, for the guys that mo- really inspire me and motivate me every day with this stuff. I want to give a shout out to Tax Stones. Tax Stone is a guy who, who, I first heard his voice on um, Brilliant Idiots podcast. Man, his his uh, character and his realness was what drove me to follow him on Twitter and inspired to see where he, where him being on that podcast was going to take him. And Charlemagne the God and Andrew Schultz gave him that platform, and he ended up getting a podcast. And now he has one of the hottest podcasts in the world. So I want to shout out to Techstone. And uh, he is a real nigga. He, uh, if I hit him up on uh, Instagram, sometimes he just looks at the message. But it's hard to get looks at messages. And sometimes he replies. So uh, shout out to him. 
and I want to give a shout out to Charlemagne the God. He ain't never replied yet, but he does look at my message, so I know he's seen it. Uh, hopefully, I'm gonna keep grinding and keep making moves, and hopefully, he notices what I'm trying to get on. Shout out to Jack Thriller as well. Um, he makes big moves out there. Shout outs to some new inspiring artists that 309 hasn't heard of, and Manolo Rose, the Naima Supremes. I know everybody heard of Tink, but she's she's moving, making big moves out there. Um, people go check those guys out. Shout out, shout out to Dom Ken Kennedy, you know, Casey Veggies. Those are some new guys I don't think 309 is really being caught up on yet. But um, for the most part, man, that's pretty much it. All my shout outs has been made. Uh, like I said, man, I appreciate everybody tuning in to the follow up podcast. And um, this is the therapeutic podcast second one I'm doing I changed follow up my SoundCloud follow up network now as I'm gonna have multiple podcasts I'm gonna have a sports one coming when the NBA comes up I'm not really I'm into the NFL but I really don't know it as much as the NBA but um for the most part man we're gonna have more social topics more serious stuff I'm still learning how where the direction I want to take this podcast but um for the most part man I appreciate everybody tuning in to this one therapeutic podcast pilot episode one and uh make sure y'all on the lookout for the follow-up podcast that's gonna drop whenever i decide to drop episodes but this one hopefully i'm gonna try to have an episode every saturday to give y'all to tune in but um this drops at midnight so when y'all hear this man share it spread it i'm trying to get 10,000 views on this one man and we only can get better from that 10,000 to 15,000 20,000 to 100,000 to a million so we're going to try to make a lot of moves with this stuff. And uh, I appreciate everybody tuning in, man. Just the, your boy, see the action. I'm out. God bless and stay highly favored. Day.